feeling good, feeling fresh, feeling clean, despite the fact that it's a random Thursday afternoon. And that's because I have got my Manscaped situation taken care of. Whether you need to get that lawnmower 3.0 and trim up a little bit, get that situation well garden tended, whether you just got to get yourself a refill on some of that deodorant, some of the spray on toner, some of the refreshing spritzer that you get for the shower, whether you just need another pair of the most comfortable boxers you will wear in your entire life. You know where to go and you know what to do. You use the promo code DNVR20. You get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Still not sure whether or not, I think they're still sold out of those perfect package 3.0 kits. They're trying to get them in, but you can get the Crop Preserver, the Crop Reviver. Again, those boxers, all kinds of great stuff. There's even like, they got mint stuff. They got travel bags. Uh, they got shirts. If you really want to show the world and rock, rock and roll, let everybody know that if they're going to get involved with your situation, they're getting involved with a Manscaped situation, which isn't the worst thing in the world to advertise as you're going around out there in the world. So again, remember to use that promo code DNBR20 and you will get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. That's right. And go in the air, deep right center go. field. Two run, home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, watch it go, Chuck Nasty. Two run, home run, David Dahl. Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Just off my hi-hat there for a minute. Just off the hi-hat. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by StravaCraft Coffee. You know them and you love them if you're anything like me because it's rich and CBD infused. It's wonderfully delicious. It doesn't come with any of the problems that you get with normal coffee, like those crashes, the jitters, all of that stuff. It's really good for migraines, for anxiety. It's helped me a lot during this time when I've been stuck inside with fidgety energy and a lot to do and nowhere to go. Still need all my coffee, so I drink Strava, and you should as well. You use that promo code DNBR20, and you will get 20% off your entire purchase. Welcome into the show. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is our guy, Patrick Lyons. And we have got some big topics to get to today, including the canceling of the minor league season, something we were pretty sure was coming, but still need to get into to some degree. We've got to break down the whole Colorado Rockies outfield now with Ian Desmond out, Matt Kemp in. Where does this leave the young guys and why not Yasiel Puig? But before we do all of that, Patrick, the commissioner of baseball, continues to open his mouth and words continue to spill forth into the ether. I would describe it very much like that as well as far as spilling out. Uh, because, yes, he, he was not very eloquent in saying that, hey, really, it didn't matter what was going to happen with negotiations. We were just going to be playing 60 anyway. And once you hear you know his uh you know his revision of that you I, I kind of i don't know that i want to give him a pass per se but i do understand like yeah that that would be incredibly stupid 
to come out and just basically go, yeah, no, we had no intentions of playing more than that because we would have had to pay them more. And look, we're a business. We just want to make money. We don't care about anything except the bottom line, the almighty dollar. So we were just going to play 60. That would be incredibly stupid. So it does make sense to say, hey, you know what? It didn't really matter if we did start on July 1st because, hey, look what's going on. We weren't going to be able to play 82 games, which really does beg the question, how are we going to start the season on July 23rd? If you're essentially saying July 1st, right now, that this is a no-go. We can't play under these circumstances. But magically, in three weeks, I'm sure everything will be fine, and we will have a season. So even when he cleans up the things that spills forth from him, he leaves behind a different, maybe even bigger mess. It is actually, Patrick, I'm amazed. I am impressed because what he's managed to do here is produce two truthful, 100% true statements that are absolutely absurd that he said out loud, right? The first being the one you were talking about there. We were never going to play more than 60 games because everyone with a little bit of a working brain who's followed this for a while went, that was the contention. That was one of the major contentions the entire time. You gave away the game. The players are going to file a grievance now because this is more or less ironclad proof that you were not negotiating in good faith, right? But then we all know what he said, which was we we're probably not going to be able to have a baseball season with more than 60 games in it because we all also have working brains that watch the news occasionally. We know that that was likely true. So it's hard because you, you've got to parse it weird here. I, I, I called him out on this and I had some people coming on Twitter saying, you know, he's right. I go, yes, I do. But he should not have said this out loud. And that's and then the statement that he tried to clean it up with, like you said, was the same thing where it's like he, and then he comes out and says, well, we might not even be able to get the full season in. You know that, right? Because of what's going on in the world. And it's, again, that's true. But we haven't gotten to see a single exhibition game yet. Guys haven't even officially gotten in to camp yet. Baseball fans have had, you know, the, the history of the earth equivalent of a minute and a half to be happy about the return of baseball. And then the commissioner comes out and says, you were never going to get what you wanted anyway, and you're probably not going to get what we're trying to give you right now and promise you. So why? I don't even know why you keep investing in this. Like, what? What are you doing? Just even though it's true, just don't say it out loud. Yeah, it it does not make the situation any better. It, it seems like he he like maybe other leaders in in, in uh, other parts of the world kind of need to go away for a little while and just kind of let you know the decision makers or really just uh, the collective you know thought process and and on all of the people in our our democratic world even in business there is somewhat of a democracy um but let all those people make the decisions behind the scenes and you don't need to go forward and you know try to win any kind of public battle or try to you know re reverse history or 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 change it in in any way because we we right. know what was done we know how this has played out and let's just kind of go forward and, and, and spend your time focusing on how we how players are going to be kept safe, how, you know, fans are still going to be able to, to watch their game and, and, you know, all of the contingency plans between the point in which there's a normal season, as normal as it can be, and, 
you know what, we can't go on any further. We need to shut down. That's where the effort needs to lie rather than trying to, you know, alter history and, and, uh, and make things look any better than they are. Like, hey, no harm, no foul, because, look, we wouldn't have been able to play right now anyway. No, just sometimes it's better just, to say nothing. Yeah, and that's that's my new element. Patrick, I, I wrote the article. I, I agreed with A. Novak here saying, you know, get rid of Manfred. It's been a bad five years. I wrote the article calling on him to resign. Oddly enough, that didn't move the needle. That didn't get the job done. He still got the job, so strangely enough, he didn't respond to my, my particular article. So I have a completely different... Uh, a bit of advice is the wrong phrase. Suggest I have a different suggest I have a different suggestion for the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Stop saying things. Just stop. Just don't say stuff out loud. Work in your office. Do what you got to do. Collect your check. Uh, if it comes time to close the thing down, the official statement should be: It's not safe enough to play. We're not going to have a season. Signed, Bob Manfred. The rest of it's not helping. I can't think of a single time the commissioner has come out and given an interview and in the la in this process and it's shined light on the topic. It's it's made people go, oh, okay, no, I understand better now what's going on. I get this perspective or that perspective that I did. Every time he does an interview, we got to break down a quote where he called the World Series championship a piece of metal, or he said we weren't gonna have it. Like, just stop saying things, please. That's my only. Yeah, that's, he's, that's what I want. He's uh, he has not been uh, very deft at being a public speaker right now because he yeah he continues you know to put his his foot in the mouth and you know as much as you might not want him to be the face of the sport right he's not the face of the game right that would be Mike Trout but if he's the face of the sport as long as the owners are making the money that they need to that's really going to be the bottom line and you know ultimately we we're going to have somewhat of a season so that's not so bad we can you can kind of maybe get past uh the general idea that you know the, the how negotiations how poorly they've gone if there's no strike or any kind of uh, lockout uh, on the player side or owner side respectively in uh in december of 2021 then it almost doesn't matter you know what is said in between then again universal dh sticks around you know there's a way that right. over time you can look at a lot of different things and say Okay, it, it's it's fine. We we just happen to live in a, in a culture right now where the, the easiest thing is to say let's just get rid of somebody else. When you know when you understand that Rob Manfred is for better or worse maybe a puppet of you know the owners that the next guy is going to be as well. And or maybe you know, a symptom you, rather than the absolutely yeah. yeah and and so maybe the next guy doesn't put his his foot in his mouth you know quite as much but maybe he also doesn't speak up and say to the owners hey you know what this is actually a bad idea we shouldn't go this route right. so it's for it's, all i know behind the scenes rob manfred's a phenomenal commissioner who's been battling the owners every step of the way on this and has been saying the right things in the closed door meetings and has been making the the players case to the other owners i don't know what I know is what he says out loud in public when his mouth opens and the talky talk thing, and it's not good. That's what I, yeah. Yeah, and, he, and totally. the next commissioner might do a worse job behind closed doors. You wouldn't but, want the opposite. Yeah. You know, dozens, you wouldn't want the opposite. And again, we don't know what Manfred has, has done behind, you know, closed doors. So it's it's really hard. And, and just, again, just looking at the optics, it's it's awful. He He continues to you know, say the wrong things. And you know what? We kind of live in a world right now in so many ways 
whether we're talking about human rights or whether we're just talking about life in general and, and getting through a pandemic, sometimes it's better to say nothing than anything at all. It's better to listen or it's better to just take the crap and figure out what it all means than to try to say something in a soundbite that's going to make it better. It could just make Make it murkier. It could just make it worse, and that's what Rob Manfred has done in the past 24 hours. Right. So open a Breck brew and cheers, of course, to the game of baseball, everybody. A course of <laughs> singing and and going around the room. Uh, but seriously, though, do get your Breck brew situation set up as we get ready to dive into a classic baseball conversation here. A thing we haven't always gotten the opportunity here. Talk on field strategy. How is this going to work out? How do the Rockies use this guy? Why this guy instead of that guy? And it's all on field stuff that we get to do and we get to do it with breck brew you can drink them at home you can drink them down at the farmhouse whatever you do though you got to make sure that you use the promo code dnvr if you're getting that food beer combination down at the farmhouse because it is a killer deal for the deliciousness that you're going to be consuming you call 303 303- 803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. You can have it delivered. You can go and pick it up. And if you're not close enough to the farmhouse, then have Davidson's swing by. They can deliver some Breck Brew to you from just about any local grocery store around your area. So if you're iffy about going out, but you still want your Breck Brews, make sure you get it delivered from Davidson's and you get yourself some delicious Mile High Copper Lagers, maybe that 15 can sampler. You crack one open and you share with us your opinions on the Colorado Rockies outfield. Let's begin with the on-field element of the Ian Desmond situation, which I hope I hope we artfully avoided while talking about the off-field element of the Ian Desmond situation, and and give one gigantic caveat uh, that we are not going to mix those two things up. So we're putting all of that aside, and for a moment, we're just going to talk about the on-field production of Ian Desmond, the absence of it, and what it means. I think there were a lot of people, Patrick, who were tempted to say because, as we all know. He has not been what the Rockies hoped from a production standpoint on the field these last couple of years. That maybe just from an on-field standpoint, again, it's important to keep saying that this could potentially be some roster addition by subtraction because people were worried he was going to get at-bats over guys like Tapia, Hilliard, Hampson, younger players they want to see go out. Um, Why don't you give me your reaction to that before I, I give you mine? I think the loss of Ian Desmond on the field is a loss for the Rockies, ultimately. Just talking about on the field, not anything about his leadership in the clubhouse or just what he brings to the entirety of the Colorado community as a human being. You know, he's, he's a veteran player that, you know, can you can plug him in uh, at first base if need be. Those days are ultimately, you know, behind him. And in the days of him really starting in the outfield over, you know, up, other younger and maybe more worthy players is also younger too. I think we saw that a lot last year with Bud Black, you know, down the stretch. Obviously in September they gave Sam Hilliard, you know, every opportunity to, to be out there. Uh, of course with David Dahl's injury that made it a lot easier to have, you know, Ryan Tapia play every single day. But, you know, I, I think 
Desmond's ability to to hit well off left-handers is where his value is. So if there's a lefty on the hill, he's going to get that start over other lefties uh, like Rymel Tapia and Sam Hilliard. That's just a that's just a smart move. That's that's simply strategy. That those are the guys you would want in there. And then late right. in the game, if you're going against Pedro Baez or Kenley Jansen, any of those guys in the Dodgers bullpen after a Kershaw start, okay, now let's give those maybe more important at-bats, certainly more important at-bats, to Ryan Altapia and Sam Hilliard, when now they are the ones who have the advantage. So, you know, I think, you know, Desmond being on this team would have been a huge value because, again, if you think of the the Rockies' depth chart, you now remove a guy who maybe he's a fourth, maybe he's a fifth outfielder, and now, you know, you're looking at guys on the back end of the 40-man roster or maybe even you're even looking at a non-roster invite like Mike Gerber. Or guys who you know played well in Hartford last year, like a Vince Fernandez, right. or or an older minor league guy like Drew Weeks. These are all talented ball players, but there are they are no but, Ian Desmond. And, so and, and, that's and that's gonna that's a hit. That's a hit for the Rockies on the field. That, that's something I feel like is a difficult thing for people to understand. And in some ways, this is one of the battles I've had with our good friend Manny Randawa for a long time. This is I, I think. You know, when they say these are the best stats that we have available, what's the bad side of using them? I think that a guy having a negative war can oftentimes lead people to the natural, semi-logical conclusion that if you just get rid of that guy, you've made your team better. Uh, But in order for that to be true, you need to have zero war players just camped out in your AAA team, in your organization somewhere. And actually, most teams don't just have an abundance of those dudes lying around. In fact, every team in baseball, even the teams that win the World Series, the Nationals last year, have multiple players on there with negative war. So I get why it's tempting to say, but Desmond was a negative value. The replacements for Ian Desmond, the potential replacements for him over these last several years, have been more than likely a much bigger negative value. And so you have to give him credit for that difference, right? And, and I also agree with you that, you know, for people who were paying close attention last year, even when the Rockies were out of it, they saw that when Desmond was healthy, Rymel Tapia was getting the starts in left field. He had been named against everyday pitchers, the starting left fielder. And I truly believe that's how they were going to begin the year, that Desmond was not going to be employed the way he was in the past, allowing you to increase further his value by putting him only in the situations that best suit him. And as you've pointed out uh, throughout his entire career, he has crushed left-handed pitching to the tune of about a hundred points more of OPS against lefties than he does against righties. And that's been consistent with the Rockies in years when he's been bad, when he's been good and during his slumps, whenever he always hits lefties. And to add to the argument too about, you know, Ian Desmond, not really being a threat to, you know, in, in, in taking significant playing time away from some of these young players and more deserved players. I mean, Ryan McMahon was the starting second baseman last year because the Rockies didn't believe in Ian Desmond. Sure, they, they, they might have made an unfortunate swap of uh, DJ LeMahieu for Daniel Murphy, but they put Murphy over at first base over Desmond so that McMahon could start at second base and, right. and give an opportunity to Brendan Rodgers too as right. well on top of all of that. Right. So they, they – they make those moves again to, to give the opportunities to the young guys. So Desmond's not a guy that's, you know, 
taking up space there. I also want to, you know, throw out there this idea uh, because I am I am someone who, for better or worse, you know, second guesses myself, not in any kind of negative way where I, I, I think I'm the dumbest person in the world, but I'm, I'm critical of myself and I, and I examine, you know, the decisions and stuff that I make and, hey, am I, am I looking at this the right way? How, what are the optics? All that. We don't know how good of an evaluator war is or rather how accurate it is, I should say. Because, yes, there, there, there is, you know, undoubtedly war is more important than, you know, batting average, th things of that nature. But right. there was a time in which you would look at certain players and say, hey, this pitcher, I mean, you lost more games than you won. You were 16 and 17. You were awful. And now we would go and look at his ERA compared to the league and his whip walks plus hits divided by innings pitched and his war – and you go, oh, my God, this guy was one of the best pitchers in, in all of the American League. He just right. had a, a losing record, so his team wanted to pay him less because of the reserve clause. And now we have a better way to evaluate that. So, right. sure, war is nice and all, but have we worked all the kinks out? The guy hits 22 home runs, 80-plus RBIs, steals 20 bases in 2018, and that just offensively is considered less than somebody at AAA? Yeah. I, you know, I do find that a little hard to believe. Numbers are slanted. You've talked about this plenty. The numbers are definitely, you know, slanted against players at, at Coors Field for the Rockies. So, you know, just looking at that is it's hard. It's not good. It, and there's no way that you can recalibrate war and you go, oh, my gosh, Ian Desmond may have actually been the best on the Rockies the last three years. Right. I don't think that's the case. But I think you can go back and look and go, shoot, he actually maybe was in the positive just a little bit. He wasn't you know, as awful as people are making him out to be. You can't I think the DRC plus did. stat, um, the, yeah, I think the stat DRC plus um, normalizes for some of these factors a little bit better and shows Ian yeah. Desmond to be uh, uh, just slightly, according to DRC plus, if I'm, I could be wrong about this. So someone pointed out if I am, I think he's like just slightly below league average, which feels about right to me. Um, you know, so uh, again, yeah, I, I, there's always been a weird disconnect there. I don't think you can paint uh, the pure absence. I mean, we talked about, I had already done a conversation in, in spring training 1.0, you know, 12 years ago, uh, about Yasiel Puig potentially joining this team with the, when I was expecting, a, you know, Ian Desmond to be there um, because of some of the things we've talked about with Charlie Blackman's getting a little bit older, David Dahl's health is, you know, is what it is. Some of these other guys don't quite have the highest of ceilings, but the biggest thing was, right-handed pop the rockies are extraordinarily left-handed heavy particularly in the outfield the one guy they were hoping maybe could do some things about that and jonathan daza who's got a right-handed bat has no pop uh his bat may come around as a contact hitter but i watched this kid all throughout the minor leagues he's not going to hit for power um so then the once Desmond stepped away, I understand why a whole bunch of people. I did the same thing, went right back to Puig, and I I would have been like sold on it though. We can jump into that a little bit more. Um, once I saw that they had signed Matt Kemp, I went okay, that makes perfect sense, and it also kind of gives away what I think what their strategy was going to be. Ian Desmond because Matt Kemp fits so perfectly into that slot of. You get a, a right-handed start here and there against left-handed pitching. You can DH against left-handed pitching. So, you know, we can leave all the young athletes out there to run around in the outfield, and we don't have to worry about that. And, and Kemp slides very nicely into that role. 
Yeah, he, he ultimately takes up a spot like Matt Holiday did in, in 2018. Now, granted, Holiday, there was no universal DH, so you had to stick him in the outfield, so you probably didn't get as, as much out of him as you would have liked. But you go back and look at the numbers that, that he put up. They were you know serviceable in that, that small amount of time that he was with the Rockies, uh, provided you know a lot of leadership. Obviously, he's a veteran guy, did, did a great job in, in helping David Dahl in many ways, letting him know, hey, just put the bat on the ball, and the, the rest will take care of itself. Don't think about your – your, your power numbers and your home runs. Just do that. So he provided that veteran presence, and he came in, and, and he had a job to do. It was it was to help win ball games. So there were a couple times where, man, he had a key sacrifice fly that you go, all right, well, that's what you're supposed to do. But we've seen it a lot of times where guys go up and you go, hey, you just got to hit one the opposite way, or you just got to hit a fly ball that's deep enough, and the job isn't done, and you leave a runner stranded on second base with no outs. Matt Kemp give you is going to be a guy that gets the job done, much like Holiday did. Yeah, I want to give you some specific examples of that, just because it's it's not like a total in theory. Remember early last season when a bunch of guys got hurt uh, and the Rockies had to call up Jonathan Daza and Josh Fuentes before they were ready, before they were wanted to, wanting to, before anyone was expecting them to do. And remember the games in California that were close and they would come up in big spots and there's a runner on second and Jonathan Daza is taking the third at bat of his major league career trying to help a team that's expecting to win, uh, win a baseball game against the Dodgers or the Padres in their house. Uh, you want Matt Kemp taking that at bat. Uh, more than you want, either even really still either of those guys. So we'll see Fuentes. I, I think he's going to have an interesting season. Um, but yeah, so the, the I, so I wrote a big article about this, right? And I and I focused largely. Hopefully, you're subscribed to the DNVR.com. You got a chance to read it. Uh, I focused on two things in Matt Kemp's favor, um, particularly uh, as opposed to Yasiel Puig. The big one was this because Puig has opposite splits, which that alone makes. Kemp the obvious choice to me. Puig hits right-handed hitting, or I'm sorry, right-handed pitching better, uh, which is weird and good for him and kind of cool and neat. There's lots of things that, about Yasiel Puig that are kind of cool and neat and exciting and interesting. Um, so wouldn't that make him the offensive version of Jake McGee with op- opposite splits? Right, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And that may or may not sell you on the idea of Matt Kemp over Yasiel Puig, but <laughs> bottom line is if you have reverse splits and you have a certain job and uh, and you're not able to, to do that as well as, as others, then shoot, you're, you're not doing your job. But <laughs> right. Uh, not so the case was, for Matt Kemp. Right. Matt, he hits lefties, Puig, not so much. Where was it? Nine, yeah, 9-11 career OPS against lefties for Matt Kemp, uh, a strong split in favor uh, against lefties. I, I do think that that's the biggest obvious way to go because it allows you to use Rymal Tapia and Sam Hilliard uh, in and out and get them uh, plenty of playing time and take advantage of their athleticism in the outfield. And now you've got this right-handed bat who just two years ago was an all-star who hit, what was it, 290, 338, 481 with 21 home runs. And he did most of that damage, I should say, in the first 100 days of the season. Or actually what I should say is in the first 60 days of the season. If he's got a little bit of juice left in that tank and he's determined to go pedal to the metal, let it fly, and his numbers against lefties and at Coors Field can in any way pan out, the Rockies may have just added not just a veteran guy here, like, oh, that's kind of interesting, but 
Like a dude who's going to suddenly become an everyday bat, they'll find a way to get him in there. Now, to take the devil's advocate here, we are talking about a 35-year-old <laughs> outfielder who's not, not talented defensively, um, you know, has, has a good arm, but ultimately has never uh, really had many seasons of, of, of positive defensive war. Uh, you're talking about a guy who only played 20 games last year, you know, was, was, was an old fella. And, and he's just ultimately not that guy who not only made $160 million in a contract, but dated Rihanna. He's not bringing that swagger to Colorado. Rihanna right not now. coming to Coors Field? But, no. No, no, no. I'm a fan. What can I say? Keep going. No, <laughs> you're going gonna to let me hang yeah, myself with that one, you know? You're good. <laughs> but, but he's not that guy anymore. He doesn't need to be. Again, I go back to Matt Holiday in 2018. No one was expecting him to be, you know, Matt Holiday of, of 2007, right. diving head first and touching home plate. Sure he didn't did. need to be that guy on this team. And Matt Kemp doesn't need to be that guy either. Right. So, and, and ultimately, I don't expect him to, to revert back to being an all-star in 2018. I think that's just, you know, for a lot of players, that's like the, the final flash to say, hey, look, I can still do it, at least in short spurts, like you said, over the first 60 games of, of that season, which ultimately you know, makes a lot of all-stars, you know, when it comes time to voting. So he, he doesn't need to be that guy with all the swagger. He just needs to be a guy who fits in, does his job, mashes against lefties, mashes at Coors Field, is a universal DH, and can, can provide, you know, veteran presence late in the game off the bench because whether you like him or not, Ian Desmond did that time and time again last year. Go back and watch some of those games. And sure, the games didn't seem to be important because the Rockies were out of it. Can't tell Ian Desmond that because yeah. he was going in those games to make the most of that opportunity, and he was fantastic off the bench. I think Matt Kemp will be the same for the Rockies when he's not starting. I'm doing the trust falls with Ryan McMahon and stuff. We had an article about that, like it, that, that kind of stuff matters. And yeah, I totally agree. And that's kind of the, the easy low hanging fruit on, on the two players that were sort of in question here. Um, and, and by the way, I do want to say, speaking of low hanging fruit, I've been getting in to some WGT in a much better way, and I've been finally figuring out how to win. I, I think it's becoming easier for me, Patrick. I'm, I'm beating individuals out there randomly. i got to have the competition. I've been doing too much practice, just like going out to a hole, hit the ball around. Not really. you got to find someone to play against. That's what you got to do. you got to download it at the uh, dnvrgolf.com. It's super fun. Over 20 million people in the world playing it, including the two of us. Um, uh, pretty much everybody here at the DNVR staff and the DNVR community. We've got two country clubs. There's going to be a third one before too long, so make sure you get in on the action. It's a whole lot of fun, whether you're hardcore into golf and you want to get all the cool top golf accessories and accessorize your golfer and get the better equipment and really dive into it and, and customize it, or if you just want to whack the golf ball around a little bit, but I'll tell you what, you want to take that next step up, you start challenging some randos from across the world, you can feel a little competitive, get those juices flowing, and yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling my WGT game lately. It might, some of it might have been uh, RK and Hank hanging in there with Vic and Moj on, out there on the course the other day. I don't know how much you saw yeah, that. Cool. Our, our boys represented. Uh, they, they couldn't come away with the victory, which is unacceptable, by the way, and they're never allowed to show their faces around here again. 
uh, but man, dude, Vic and Moe's were so much fun. They they really gave it. I, I got to give it up to those guys. I'm looking forward to the rematch. As someone who doesn't really watch golf on TV and never really has, that was in it. If they were all like that, if every golf tournament was Ali Monroy running around with a camera and then the golfers turning to her and sharing very specific trash talk thoughts about the other team, I'd watch all day. It was almost professional wrestling, but with golf instead of the, the clotheslines and stuff. It was good, yeah, and and it, the the outcome was not predetermined either. The, there was oh, a definite sure. <laughs> shot for RK and, and Hank to get the job done there. Yeah. Get it done, boys! You got to bring your best on those. You got to bring your best. Yeah, join us for the WGT Golf Tour this weekend, the fours of July. Get it? The best par fours. It's the official sponsor of DNVR Gaming. I've absolutely enjoyed all of the time I've spent on that because even though i don't do much real life golf i do video game golf like crazy and i'll tell you what no one does it better than wgt so make sure that you download that app so the low-hanging fruit i was speaking of before i got into all of that was of course the bit of analysis that yasiel puig is not a good clubhouse fit for the colorado rockies and matt kemp is um and you know, I, I've sort of talked about this on Twitter a little bit, and I think there's been some uh, confusion around this issue a little bit. The Rockies over the years have developed a little bit of a reputation for maybe even caring more about character than ability. Uh, that, that, that's died down a little bit more. Um, the club used to make a much bigger deal about their religious beliefs and how much that mattered to them in certain players, and that's not something they've really discussed as much over the years. And so I think sometimes that gets muddied up a little bit with what I'm trying to say here, because I do think there's a very real and, and ugly problem in major league baseball, where when players of color have, you know, personalities um, that that makes them bad and I th in some way or another, there's a lot of negative nonsense that comes along with that. And I'm 100% against it. And I've said many times on this podcast, I like Yasiel Puig. I continue to like Yasiel Puig. And when he does crazy things on the baseball diamond, I will continue to find them entertaining. I just don't think that Charlie Blackman, Trevor Story, and Nolan Arenado, who are very serious about trying to figure out what this group of ballplayers can accomplish together, are going to find it so entertaining. <laughs> yeah, he's he's an interesting you know character on the field, obviously, and... You know, I, I've only had one interaction with him, you know, in, in a clubhouse when San Diego, or excuse me, when Cincinnati, you know, came came to Coors Field and, you know, everything seemed fine. I mean, it was pretty obvious when he walked uh, into the room. He's just a gigantic human being that would be, I mean, he would be the star player on the Colorado Raptors. Uh, I'm sure you could give him the ball 30 times if he was on the Denver Broncos. He's just a, a, a very strong human being that, you'd be really shocked to know that he plays baseball because he's big. But other than that, you know, I, I don't know what, what goes on behind closed doors. I mean, his teammates have, you know, I, I'm not going to say have been, have been secretive about it because you have heard about some guys maybe, you know, not being, you know, good clubhouse fit. Trevor Bowers had, had some issues in the past, and, you know, you see what he's like on, on social media, and 
you know, other guys have been been traded numerous times, and it makes you think maybe this guy, you know, ruffles people, ruffles uh, the wrong feathers uh, once in a while, or maybe that he's just coveted so much, you know. So, you know, Puig has had that happen now uh, twice, you know, in the past year, and uh, notably uh, trying to fight the entire Pittsburgh Pirates team uh, last year. And Which again, I appreciated. <laughs> I want to make it very clear. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it looked like, you know, a, a battle between ketchup and mustard because the reds were all red that day. The pirates were in their yellows. It was it was a, a very Beautiful. interesting sight. So so I don't honestly know, you know, what Puig is like in, in a locker room. Uh, same thing for Kemp. He's been traded a few times too. You know, a lot of that has had to do with, you know, the, the large contract that the Dodgers were paying him and then, you know, when he goes to uh, Atlanta and San Diego, they gotta pay some of his his contract. So they wanna now get get you know away from you know the the remaining dollars that that they're obligated to pay uh but he's a veteran player and you know he continues to get opportunities you know he can i think he's a guy that would probably understand a role better than Puig if you're if you see a Puig you're gonna go I should be starting in just about any outfield in baseball and he'd be right to think that he right. absolutely should feel like he should be starting in any outfield across the game whereas Matt Kemp wants to believe that you know, he has the ability to do it, but no one's really going to just give him that job. He's right. going to need to prove it for a while. And I would tend to think, again, an older player is going to be able to take a back seat gracefully and say, no, that's fine. Uh, I'll be glad to start, you know, every fifth day. I'll be glad to come off the bench. I'll be glad to help some of these young guys ultimately replace me. And if that means, you know, less at bats means, you know, I'm, I'm putting up, you know, less numbers. That means I'm not going to get paid as much next year. Well, hey, I've, I've made my money. Mm-hmm. Yasiel Puig has made some good money already uh, coming out of Cuba from, from the Dodgers. But at, you know, 30 he's years got, old, he's yeah. thinking – I should be getting you know, a four-year deal if I have a really good 2020 season. Right. You better not put me on the bench, even if it is what's best for the team. So right. you look at it even just from that standpoint, not knowing really anything about the guys individually, the, the, the move to Kemp is better than the move for the younger player like Puig. Yeah, there's just almost no risk to signing Kemp. The only thing it costs you, and it's a minor league deal, so literally the only thing it costs you is the money of a single roster spot and that that roster spot. And the Rockies have 60 of them that they can keep people on. And I, I know our good friend Mark Knudsen was out there upset that they aren't going to maybe carry a, another younger player, not to even play this year at the big leagues, just to have in the minors as opposed to sitting at home. And I, I think there's merit to that, especially if you just don't believe as he, he does. Uh, he just does not believe that Kemp is going to provide the Rockies with anything. But again, like that's your absolute worst case scenario is that he takes up this roster spot. He doesn't do anything. One guy out there ended up sitting at home that otherwise might not have for the year. It's a bummer for whoever that guy is, but as opposed to bringing in a lot of other people that have been suggested over the years or over the weeks and months, whether it be uh, Puig or, or anyone else, um, they oftentimes don't think about the cost of the extra money, the roster spot, not just for this year, but like you were talking about, taking that starting position away from Raimel Tapia. You sign Yasiel Puig, you're taking Raimel Tapia's starting position away, almost certainly, or you're creating a potential issue there, as you pointed out before. Where here, you can bring in Kemp, you can let him find out what he's going to do, and he knows because he's on a minor league deal. 
uh, as opposed to a five or six million dollar deal, which is probably about what Puig should get at least. Um, and so you, you can't expect him to have expectations to start. Uh, that's got to give a, a boost to a guy like Rymel Tapia. But now you've got a little bit of insurance for Tapia, Hilliard, Hampson without having to uh, block them in any way. I, I think this kind of thing is, is exactly the, the, the right way to go about it. Of course, they now have to go about it that way. If all of a sudden we're here and like, I don't know, they're looking at Kemp to be their starting left fielder pretty much every day. Then I'm gonna. Then my. Then I will start coming around to Knudsen's side of things. Like he should not be given time over the young guys. He should be given some time if his bat plays because it'll help the Rockies win games. Yeah, and and maybe somewhat of a of a tiebreaker, if you will, uh, when you're you're talking about signing Kemp versus Puig. Obviously, Kemp is the cheaper option, as you said. But you know, come trade deadline, if if you are looking to maybe unload some money and maybe bring back something again player only players on the 60 man roster uh, can be traded so i think maybe one workaround is a player to be named later which is just very vague so you get nobody right now but you will get somebody down the line that's what we saw in the padres uh, athletics deal from 2 days ago and Jorge you know going to the padres is you could make a deal like that where okay we'll give you Kemp because he's just he's he's cheap you don't have to you know, worry about saying, oh, he's still owed, you know, $1.5 million for the final month of the season. All right, we'll pay this much if you give us this guy or or, or not if you give us this guy. But um, with a player to be named later, a lot of times they'll just say, like, all right, some, we'll give you a list of 40 guys, and you can't touch any of those. So basically we're going to give you our 41st best prospect. And maybe the Rockies go, shoot, you've got so many, then, you know, we've got a guy that we think is your 10th best prospect you don't even have him in your top 40, we're going to have a little steal. You know what I mean? And right. that's, that's in a best-case scenario right. is getting the 41st best prospect. Um, so that's an advantage that you have with going to a veteran, uh, cheaper option, a guy that knows his place, knows his role as being you know, a, a bench player ultimately and isn't thinking about his next contract. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's all exactly right. So what I want to do here is try to put a little specificity on this thing. Uh, so while we're going to be totally making this up, that needs to be 100% clear, this entire next segment is going to be brought to you by our phenomenal friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hopefully you've already got the app downloaded by now. If not, make sure that you use the promo code DNVR when you sign up because you can get a bonus of up to a thousand bucks. There's all kinds of baseball stuff that you can bet on now on DraftKings, whether you think you know who's gonna win divisions, over-unders on all the teams, who's gonna win the World Series, individual players who are gonna lead the league in all kinds of categories. You, there, there's so many different things, and hopefully before too long, we'll be able to get some information over to DraftKings and they'll be able to get you even more Rockies-specific oriented bets so that you can use your knowledge of the game to fatten your wallet a little bit or maybe even just to make the games that much more fun because it's always a little bit more fun when you've got skin in the game so go and download that app right now you know you can feel safe and secure with it it's not some offshore operation it's based right here in the united states totally safe legal and you know that your funds are safe 
and secure. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience and to top it all off, there are sign up offers and bonuses throughout. So keep checking up on those special bonuses because sometimes they'll just give you money to bet on stuff. You, you throw in a couple that you'll wake up one day, hey, there's 15 bucks to throw on whatever you want. You throw 15 bucks to that they just give you on the Rockies to win the World Series, and they do it their odds, you're going to win like a couple hundred bucks, I think. I haven't looked at I haven't double-checked the odds where it's at again, but it's... Hop in there, Patrick. Yeah, and, I, and I'll say, you know what, my, my DraftKings sportsbook pick of the week yeah. is, like you said, you can bet on all these very specific things, is going to be Aroldis Chapman leading all the baseball in saves. Now... That doesn't seem like much of a reach, right? You're like, well, yeah, he's one of the best closers yeah. in the game. Yeah, why wouldn't he's he? a another gigantic human being, and he drives a tank around. Apparently, <laughs> throws the ball uh, 106 miles an hour. Yes, on a down day uh, when he's soft tossing, <laughs> he's at 106. Right. And I, my, I, this is why he's my pick of the week, is because he is the favorite to to have the most saves in the game according to DraftKings. That being said, for a $100 bet. You will win eight hundred dollars. Whoa! What? Whoa! Yes. Yes. So the favorite <laughs> in saves is going to give you eight hundred dollars. Now, granted, there's thirty teams, thirty closers. You know, with only a sixty-game season, you know, all it takes is 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 someone like Cleveland to have a, a couple, you know, uh, close games, and Brad Hand, you know, ends up coming away with 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 twenty saves or something insane like that, right? For just a third of the season, that would normally be like something like close sure. to sixty saves. So yes, it it, it does That's... increase the odds of somebody like out of the blue, you know, winning, uh, uh, having the the most saves yeah. in in twenty twenty. But I'm gonna go with the chalk. Yeah, for a team that's gonna win a lot of games in the Yankees, and a guy that's head and shoulders above all of the closers, and the fact that I'm going to win $800 if he does what everybody thinks he's going to do. That's my pick of the week. That's amazing. It's, it's not quite when they gave us Amanda Nunez to win the fight, but it's it's <laughs> yeah. close. It's Because like you said, I mean, there's 29 other closers, and it's a weird season, but that's almost a – I might just have to go lay down a little something on that just for sure. I'm, I'm taking that, Patrick's pick Stop, of the week. So. So you can do that if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and you use the promo code DNBR to get your sign-up bonus of up to 1,000 smackaroos. You must be 21 or older. Colorado-only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to 500 bucks. Deposit bonus requires 25 by playthrough. Restrictions apply. 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 See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please, please, please call 1-800-522-4700. Very excited for all of the things. Let's make some up. Again, these aren't real, but I want to, while we're in the DraftKings mode and this whole, you know, segment is, is being, uh, now I've just now decided sponsored by DraftKings. Matt Kemp style. How many games does he play in over under 15 and a half? If I put over under 15 and a half baseball games for the Major League Baseball Colorado Rockies. That's a good line. I I think I would probably take the over. I think he's probably going to be maybe closer to 20. You want him to you want him to be over in a sense, right? right. I mean, granted, you want Dahl and you want Blackman in the outfield. 
we don't know what we're going to get from them. Right. You know, we I, we touched on it before, and that maybe still needs to be a conversation for another podcast. We we're it's still not a hundred percent sure until we see David Dahl out on the field on July twenty fourth. Right. We're assuming they don't have one of the opening games on the twenty third, but until we see him on the twenty fourth, we don't know if he's going to be there. And from you know some of the things that we've been seeing online with doctors and and, and coaches saying you know hey it's going to take this long to recover from testing positive for COVID-19 we might not see Charlie Blackman be Chuck Nasty right Mm -hmm. so you know again now you got Hilliard and you've got um, Tapia those are your only two guys so you are going to need a lot out of Matt Kemp and if all is going well Hey, yeah, you want him. You want him to be over fifteen and a half. I think that's a good uh, number line. I could see him playing just about fifteen, right? If if everybody does what they need to do, um, if if that does mean you have Dahl for the season uh, and you have Blackman even on a, a part time role, then yeah, I, I would still I would still probably take the over because I I could see Kemp, you know, playing in in fifteen games, maybe not starting, but at least playing in playing fifteen in. games. Yeah. Because again, just you, you, you like the matchups. I know there's going to be right. a DH, and you're not talking about, you know, pinch hitting for the hitter. Uh, excuse me, pinch hitting for the pitcher. You know, two or three times a game, but you're going to have certain matchups, and the Rockies have a lot of defensive flexibility throughout their roster that's going to allow you to say, all right, let's let's take this guy out, Kemp. You know, you're not obviously not going to be playing second base, but Hampson, you're going to go to second, or Rogers, you're going to go to second. So I would still tend to lean towards the over on 15 and a half games played for Matt Kemp this season. Yeah, that makes sense for me. Over, under, an OPS plus of 100. Ooh. Mm, I'm, I'm going to have to think about that yeah. one. Yeah, I was trying to think of like a batting a average or a home run thing, but I think that's <laughs> right. I think that's the way to go. This I wanted to throw this at Knudsen when he was, he was getting into it with me. we got to have him on so we can have this fight. Um, but but he, this I think is the question of of Matt Kemp. This is the over under, right? If he if yeah. he can come onto this team and put up an OPS plus of a hundred or better, um, solid signing, good get. Glad you brought him in. Helped with some offense. Um, I take the over on that. Okay. I take the over because again, Matt Holiday, right? If you go back and look what he did, um, basically August and September. He played in 25 games, right? Did, did, didn't start all 25 of those. But because he was utilized in such a way where he put in spots to win, right? He was, he was put in spots to succeed, I should say. That's not to say that, you know, other players on the Rockers, Rockies haven't been put in spots to be successful. They just, hey, you got to prove yourself against this lefty Tapia. Or Hilliard, you got to bat against Josh Hader. Right, you're you're right. challenging guys, right? right? But other players, you go, hey, we're we're you're, you're going to be on our bench, and we're going to deploy you in a very strategic fashion that is going to be better for you ultimately. Again, you're not starting every day, but when you play, it's it's to give the team a strategic advantage. And Matt Holiday was at um, 116 for his OPS plus, so I I see something very similar to what happened with with Holiday's use to happen with with Kemp's use. So and, and for that reason, I'm, I'm going to take the over. The more he ends up having to start, right, the more he's going to be exposed and the more, you know, those averages and those rate stats are going to come down. But I would tend to think all is going to go well, and he'll – I'm over on that. Maybe he'll be about anywhere from 102 to 105 at OPS+. Plus. 
right, last completely made up Drew Creaseman line that's not an actual DraftKings sports line. Do not get it confused. For Matt Yet. Kemp. Yeah, I know, right? I'll, I'll do my best to see which ones of these we can get in there. So for Matt Kemp, over or under six and a half games played in the field. Getting, getting at least an inning of play out in the field. Again, you 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 hope it's it's the under. In a lot of ways. <laughs> Those highlights you were showing earlier. Yeah. You hope it's the under. You do hope it's the under. Uh, you know, no two ways about it. Uh, I would, I would tend to think it's going to be an under. Uh, I think they're going to do everything in their power to to make sure that, you know, that he doesn't go out there. And again, they they've got a, a plenty of players that, that can do it. You know, defensively, Dasher might not have. A lot of pop in his bat, but you know he can he can track him down with the best of them. Hilliard's got a fantastic arm. He's got a cannon. I don't think people really understand I, I don't know, how good his arm that. is. Yeah. No way. And and again, Tapia, you know, it's uh, sometimes it can be a circus out there, but it's the circus guy. is always entertaining. And when it comes through town, you're gonna buy a ticket for it. So over under 200 think, hits for Rymel Tapia. <laughs> Wait, how many games are we playing? So I, I would take the under on that. And again, you got the universal DH, so it makes it all that yeah. much easier. And, yeah. and again, you go and, and when you make up your starting lineup for the Rockies, how many other guys are you going to plug into that DH role that's not a starter? I mean, Brendan Rodgers, right? If Sure, maybe you put him at second and, and McMahon at first. But really, if we're just talking about the basic lineup, McMahon's at second. Murphy's going to be at, at first, we, we think. Right. Um, so is that Rodgers going to be at DH? You know Garrett Hampson. Nobody else that has whoever's major hitting, pop. right? Yeah, right. It's right. it's 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 really going to be Rogers in, in 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 a lot of ways because if you know Rogers is fully healed up, maybe you like him better at second with McMahon over at first base, and now Murphy is the DH, sure. or you put Murphy out in the field, and now Rogers is going to take a seat on the bench. McMahon goes over to second, and now Kemp is in at DH. So mm. overall, really to, to get back to your question. I would take the under on six and a half games for Kemp actually playing at least an inning out in the field. All right. Even if you lowered it to one out, Matt Kemp plays one out in the field. It's still well, The line is still six and a half. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I, I submit that if your predictions there were to come true, that he was to get himself more than 15 games of DH time to put up an OPS plus over 100, and to play less than six and a half inning or games out in the field, uh, then the Rockies have employed him well, and he has been a very good addition to the team. So hopefully that's how it plays out. <laughs> For sure, and you, you just hope last year was somewhat of, a, of an aberration with, with you know being banged up, only playing 20 games. You know, I think 2018 is an aberration a little bit too, right? It was just kind of the... Yeah, you're not going to uh, You know, the, the final... The final you know, uh, bits of, uh, of gas in, in the tank. He, he let it all out and, and had an all-star year. So it's going to be kind of somewhere in the middle, much like with Kyle Freeland, right? Maybe he's not a, a, a perennial Cy Young guy, and he's definitely not a, a guy that's going to have a, a six ERA year in and year out. Totally. Just going to be somewhere in the middle. It is odd that Miami would have released him, you know, in this capacity. Um don't really know what, what's going on, um, you know, behind that decision. But <laughs> somebody did say that to me on Twitter. It's like, man, he got cut by Miami. How could he be? And I said, look, I I understand what you're saying, but it has also not been my experience that the Miami Marlins are the absolute best evaluators of baseball talent in the world. 
This would also be true. Yeah, and they've got a lot of young guys in their outfield as it is. And, right. You know, the guy that they, they selected last year in, in, in the first round, J.J. Bladé out of, out of Vanderbilt, you know, can, can, can swing it with the best of them. He's, he's fantastic. Might not get, you know, major league experience this year, maybe. Um, but, again, you know, with, with the taxi squad, you want to make sure that guys have enough, you know, opportunities in those inter-squad games and things of that nature. So, you know, uh, I, I don't know enough about the Marlins roster to really dig in and say, you know, he should have gotten an opportunity sure. over somebody else. Things also change. Things have changed in this, uh, you know, new offseason between spring training one and, and spring training two, the revenge of spring training. Things changed <laughs> in a major way. And that Electric boogaloo. Exactly. And, and uh, uh Ultimately, that that roster component uh, going to the 60-man roster could have changed a lot of things for Matt Kemp. And actually, you know what? This isn't the best place for me to get maybe the most playing time. And you know what? Colorado is because, again, I they had these conversations. I do slug 616 at Coors Field, don't I? <laughs> That's huge, yeah. And, and even before, you know, Desmond opted, opted out, and, and again, this is what Bright had said, those conversations were going on. Now, when did they go on? Was it before Charlie Blackman had tested positive for COVID-19? Mm -hmm. Was it after? Or was it just, again, the Rockies doing their due diligence and right. saying, we got a guy who, you know, had a splenectomy, has a compromised immune system in David Dahl, and we need to make sure that, you know, we, we cover our butts. Matt Kemp's a free agent. Let's let's go out and talk to him just in case in any kind of worst-case scenario. And now immediately Matt Kemp goes, Ian Desmond's out. David Dahl has a question mark. Charlie Blackman has a question mark. This is a better fit for me now, yeah. much so, much more so than Miami. Yeah. And, and again, finally, you know, we are talking about a guy who's been around the game for a long time. He came in second in MVP one time. He's, he's had a lot of success. He's had some failures in this game. And I, I just think he's the kind of player that can impart a great deal of wisdom onto the players around him. If, if he's somebody that chooses to do so, you know, it occurred to me, Patrick, like whatever the case, whatever, you know, the over-unders are over under one season, I think on Matt Kemp in a Rockies uniform, we're all taking the push, right? If it was over on, <laughs> like it's going to be this one season. So it occurred to me this, Matt Kemp is one of the more interesting members of the baseball community in the last decade. And you and I will probably get the chance to interview him, but we're probably never going to get the chance to meet him <laughs> like in real yeah. life, right? Like, like, like Matt Kemp in any other year, I'd be like, how interesting this guy who's got one hell of a story to tell. I always love that footage. If you saw from years ago of him taking off his Jersey and his cleats and giving all of it to a make a wish patient like that has always resonated with me. I've always kind of liked Matt Kemp, even though he was a Dodger and I, I didn't say it out loud too often. I've always kind of respected his game and the things I've heard him say out loud. He seems to me to be a very conscientious, honestly, very Ian Desmond-like um, attitude uh, on the world. And, and again, so I think like even in that way, it just kind of fits that the, the Rockies have someone. Well, I've made a big deal before about how I don't think Desmond was ever going to make a big issue about taking a back seat. You said something very similar here about Kemp, and I think that that just... You know, it fits in that way. And if at the very worst, they, they don't get the 100 OPS, they don't get him as a DH, but they just get a guy who's around to maybe talk to some of these kids about what it's felt like to play in the World Series, what it's felt like to play under the brightest lights in the baseball world, what it's like to have all of the pressure of a $160 million contract. Is that right? Yeah. Um, he knows yeah. some stuff. 
And there's no such thing as as, as a bad one year deal. Just not. And, right. and that even goes for for guys that are making ten to twenty million dollars. Yeah, it, it sucks if you don't you know you know get a return on your investment. And the Rockies know what that was like with Brett Anderson. But at the end of the day, it's one year, and it's 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 money that you had available, and and you were willing to spend. And it's over after that, and the relationship is done. It's not it's not like deferred payments. You know? <laughs> Go back and listen to yesterday's. That's right. DFA show where we talked all about all these deferred payments and, and players making millions upon millions of dollars perennially for like 20, 25 years. Right. No, it's just one year. And again, it's at, you know, ultimately a, a probably a, a league minimum, at least for a veteran yeah. wage. And there could be incentives and stuff involved, but it's like, Hey, look, if you, if, if you do what we want you to do, uh, whether you top out at, at phenomenal and, and kind of recapture some of your form or, it just didn't really work out. Either one of those uh, salaries, it's one year, not a yeah. big deal. Thank you exactly. for your service, Matt Kim. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I thought maybe we'd have some time to get into minor league talk, but I don't want to truncate that. And then we've had a, a good conversation here today. So here's what I'll say. It's been a little while since we've had a minor league Monday out of Patrick, sadly, for obvious reasons, we have we introduced this and now they've canceled the season. So let's do this. Let's have a minor league Friday. We are going to jump into the canceling of the minor leagues. Uh, we'll see if we can get uh, a fun guest on maybe to chat with you all. But I, I would love to hear your stories out there. Times you've been to minor league games, uh, your first experience at minor league, you, the, the player that you saw before everybody else the weird game that they played uh, during the, the spot stop between the fourth and the fifth innings. I want to hear all of your minor league stories because I would like us to take an entire podcast tomorrow to talk about what minor league baseball has meant to us, uh, what it means to communities out there, what it means to the people involved in it. So hit us up on Twitter, on Facebook, in the Discord. Uh, come and join us during the live chats, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter, or specifically on the YouTube channel. That's the best, easiest way to find us. You subscribe on there, you give a like, it'll let you know when we're going live. It'll be at 3 p.m., Monday through Friday. We do DFA shows on Wednesday. We're going to do a minor league Friday for you tomorrow. So um, get as involved as you'd like. Share your stories with us. Uh, I'd love to read and, and respond to as many of them as possible. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. it it's going to be great. I, both of us have numerous memories, and as, as do many of our subscribers and, and, and listeners, because, you know, that's that's one way that baseball has been able to breed so many fans is, you know, it, it's expensive to go to the, the big league ballpark, and there's only 30 of them around, but yet there's 160 minor league teams. There's even independent league teams. There's even summer collegiate teams. So all of those things, whatever minor league baseball means to you, uh, anything that's outside the, the big and bright lights of, of the major leagues, you know, we, we all have those stories and those beautiful memories. So it'll, it'll be great talking about that tomorrow. Absolutely. Otherwise, make sure you're following everyone on social media. You subscribe to the DNVR.com. You get yourself some cool merch. I don't think I've mentioned my email in a while. You can hit us up with these stories, by the way, at either Drew at the DNVR.com or Patrick at the DNVR.com. So if your story doesn't fit in a tweet or a comment or something like that, or you don't do Twitter or any of these other social media things, send us an email. And if we don't get it by tomorrow and it's really good, we'll still find time to read it. Send us your minor league stories. We want to hear every single one of them. So 
Thank you all for continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. We will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman and Patrick Lyons in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.